Would you go please to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, without really announcing it, we began a new series last week. I found out later <laughs> that we had, had begun a new series. And uh, it's based on this passage here, Proverbs 4, 20-23, about health to all their flesh. Hallelujah. Said out loud, health, health. to all their flesh. Proverbs 4 and verse 20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Everybody say it out loud. Words. Words. Sayings. That's a different way of referring to the same thing. Let them not depart. Let them what? Them Words, them sayings, not depart from your eyes. How do you look at words? Keep them, them what? Them words, them sayings, in the midst of your heart. How do you do that? Verse uh, 22, for they, they what? They words, they sayings, are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. What is health to all their flesh? The words. To say his words, his sayings, are life to those that find them, and health, or the margin says medicine, To all their flesh. Well all your flesh. Would include anything you could have a problem with. Every part of your body. Verse 23. Keep your heart. Other translations say guard it. With all diligence. For out of your heart. Are the issues of life. Life. You can't see under a microscope. You can see the effects of life. You can see the results of life. But you can't see life. Because it's spiritual. It's amazing. When a child is conceived. And grows in the womb and is born. You can track the development From one stage to the next. But you can't see the life. You can't see what's causing the child to develop. You can't see what's causing it to develop from one stage to the next. It's life. It's life. God is life. His words are life. Jesus said in John 6.63. The flesh profits nothing. But he said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Said out loud, his words words are spirit spirit. and they are life life. and they are health to all my flesh. (laughs) They're life to your inner man and quickening to your mind, your emotions, your soul. And they are life and health to all our flesh as well. You cannot exaggerate the significance and potency of his words. Everything that exists is the result of his words. The heavens and the earth. Everything, everything that was made was made by the agency of his words. He spoke and it was done. He spoke 
and it manifested. It happened. Hallelujah. I know not everybody in the world believes that. But they can't explain to you if it didn't happen that way. They can't explain to you how it did. They got no answers. So at the very least they ought to be honest and say I don't know. You do understand what a theory is, don't you? A theory is not a fact. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, used to say this. He, hits, he said, here, do you want to know what a theory is? We don't go, yeah. He said, here's what a theory is. A theory is a supposition based upon ignorance of the topic under discussion. <laughs> because if you knew, it wouldn't be a theory. Right? <laughs> And here's what's sad. Theories are taught in our schools, our elementary schools, our high schools, our universities. Theories are taught as science. They are taught as facts. And they are not. They're theories. Belief is a choice. It's a choice. If you say, some people say, well, I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. That's a lie that you can't believe something because by nature of what it is, belief is a choice. To be correct, you should say, I choose not to believe that because you could believe it if you would. It's a choice. My son, let's read it again. Let me read this to you from the New Century version. New Century says, my child... Pay attention to my words. This is the NCV Proverbs 4.20. Pay attention to my words. Listen closely to what I say. Now we need to keep track of this because all the rest of the passage is based on these two things. His words. What he says. Don't ever forget my words. Keep them always in mind. They... My words are the key to life for those that find them. Now this tells you that not everybody finds them. This only happens for who? Those who find them. And it's not just a matter of being able to look it up in a text and put your finger on it and say, I found it. That's not what he's talking about. How did you find it? You saw it. You heard it. You understood it. You had the revelation of it. Which is why you need to keep. That's why he he says. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Why? You got to keep looking at it. Until you see it. You got to keep listening to it. Until you hear it. You got to keep pondering it. And meditating it. Thinking about it. Until you get it. Until you understand it. And it's not that these things are so hard to see and get. It's because the enemy is in this realm. Darkness is in this realm. And and everything is working to keep you from seeing it. To blind you. 2 Corinthians 4 says that the God of this world. Talking about the devil. Has blinded the minds of those that believe not. So it's not that, you know, well, let me just say this. How many have ever read scriptures or heard things preached 10 times, 20 times, 50 times, and in that 51st time you thought, oh, that's, that's what that means. <laughs> well, it's not because you were so slow or so dull or that it's so hard and mysterious to understand. It's because the enemy... And the darkness in this world, everything is working to prevent you from seeing it, to keep you blind spiritually. And how did you overcome that? You heard it the 51st. What if you'd stopped at 49? And the fact that you heard it the 51st time means you kept coming back to it. Is that right? You let it keep coming to you. You didn't let it depart from your eyes and you kept it around you. 
and in the midst of your heart until you found it. (laughs) You found it. And, And there's no mistaking when you found it. You get excited. You go, glory to God. Look at this. Sometimes you go to show your friends, look at this. And they go, okay. Because it ain't their 51st time. It's their second time. (laughs) Come on, can you see that? And you need to remember, lest you get frustrated with them, that you didn't see it until 51. And they're only on three. Why don't you see it? Well, why didn't you see it? But regardless, some people might see it on time 13. Others might not see it till time 98. But what's the key? Keep on looking at it. Keep on listening to it. Right? Keep on feeding on it. Hearing it. And you can tell, like I mentioned uh, Friday night. If something really ministers to you, you need to hear it again. And again. And again. And again. And it's not because of a man or a woman. It's because the Spirit of God did something in that. That ministered beyond your intellect. Right to your spirit. Right into you. And you need, even though it blessed you. you still, your head has not been fully affected by it. Just because your spirit's been impacted. Doesn't mean your mind was enlightened. They're not the same thing. Frequently, your spirit will be jumping up and down, and your head will go, what, what, what are we excited about? (laughs) Which means you've got to keep causing your head to hear it until your head catches up with your heart and is enlightened, which means you need to hear it again and see it again. Think about it some more. Talk about it some more. Those are not my words. Did you read it? Verse 23. Proverbs 4. 23. Well, let me back up. I'm moving too quick. Verse 21. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. This is how you get it. Not just hearing something on a Sunday morning. And that's the end of it. Not just getting a thought when you read your chapter and go, man, that's good. That's good. That's good. And then forgetting about it for the next three years. Said out loud, let it not not depart from your eyes. eyes. Keep Keep them in the midst of your heart. heart. I uh, was ministering to a person who had been in and out of mental institutions for years. This is some years ago. And uh, they were in a bad shape, bad way. And I'm checking my heart about what to minister to them. And the Lord prompted me about Joshua where it says this book of the law uh, will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. And I started talking to them about meditating in the word day and night. Well, they just, she just interrupted me and said, you can't do that. You can't do that. In my mind, I didn't know what to tell her. But in my spirit, praise God, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, came right up out of me. I said, dear, you're already thinking about something day and night. And it's obvious it's the wrong thing. Right? Because you're in such a terrible shape. It's not that you can't think about something day and night. You're already thinking about something day and night. It's about replacing All that junk and all the problems and all the anger and the fear and the strife and the the, the failure and the defeat and the hopelessness. Replacing that with what he said and disciplining yourself that I'm just I'm going to keep my mind on what he said. I'm going to not let his words depart from my eyes. I'm going to keep what he said in the midst of my heart. He said, if you'll do that. It'll be life to you. And it'll be health to all your flesh. You can go around all day thinking about how you feel. You can go around all day and night thinking about how somebody mistreated you. 
You can go around all day and night thinking about what you don't know, what you don't have, what you can't do. Nobody loves me. Nobody knows. And you will be, it will minister death to you and corruption to your flesh. And that's what most of the world is doing, some variation, some form of that. Or you can do something else. You can do something most people don't do. A lot of Christians won't do. But you can do it. I said you can do it. What did he say? What did he say about this? What did he say about me paying my bills? What did he say about the health and condition of my body? What did he say about my mind? You can just go around all day saying, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Most of us don't have a smidgen of an idea what that means. But you don't have to know what it means. Keep it in front of your eyes. Come on, can you see this? Keep feeding on it. And it may be the 51st time that you say it. I have the mind. Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. The mind of the anointed one and his anointing. I have the anointed mind. I have the enlightened. I have the empowered mind. Or you can think about how bad you feel. (laughs) You can think about all the deficiencies in life. Say it out loud. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? 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 For they, his words, his sayings are life. Under those that find them and health to all their flesh. The Amplified says they are life to those that find them. Healing and health to all their flesh. Two, two things. Healing if something's wrong. Health just to sustain you. Hallelujah. Health means you don't need to be healed. You're healthy. Healing gets you to health. Health keeps you from needing to be healed. What will get you there? Come on, what will get you there? His words. His sayings. His words. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to uh, Matthew, the 13th chapter. Matthew 13. I'm moving too quick, though. Hold your place in Matthew. And they'll, well, they'll put this on the screen for us. You just stay right where you are. First Peter, the first chapter in the 23rd verse. You can turn there if you're quick. But First Peter 1.23 says that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God... Which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, all the glory of man as the flower of grass. Now, this is something we need to keep ourselves aware of. Everything down here, everything, including our body, including everything we're working with, is like a flower. It puts out a bulb, it blooms, it's in its prime, and then what happens? It fades. It crumbles. Everything down here, including our bodies, everything is this way. Nothing is going to freeze in time. (laughs) You might say, okay, I'm X amount of age, I'm where I want to be, let's freeze this. You can't. (laughs) The grass withers, the flower thereof falls away. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. 
What's life to those that find them and health to all their flesh? His words. Back up to verse 23. We've been born again. Here he calls the word seed. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. There are natural seed and spirit seed. Natural seed is all corruptible. Another way of saying that, it decays. It grows old and decays. Incorruptible seed does not decay. That's that's enough thought to make you rejoice the rest of the day. Is there something that doesn't decay? Yes, there is. It doesn't get old. It doesn't age. It develops, but it doesn't age. It is incorruptible. It is non-decaying. It's his word. And it's a seed. We're born, we were born again by that seed, which means... Our born-again spirits, the the recreation of it, the rebirth, came out of a seed. And because we're born again by an incorruptible seed, our spirits now are undecaying. Your inner man is not aging. I said your inner man is not aging. It will never decay. It is incorruptible because it was born of an incorruptible seed. Your physical being was born of a seed. Your body came from a seed. But it's a corruptible seed. A decaying seed. So the outer man is decaying. It reaches its prime, its bloom, and then it starts fading and getting old. And you don't have to be depressed about that. Because the Lord's got a plan for that too. Right? (laughs) Doesn't the Bible say that the trumpet's going to sound? The dead in Christ are going to rise? And we which are alive and remain are going to be changed. And this mortal is going to put on immortal. This corruptible is going to become incorruptible. We're going to get a body that matches our spirit. That can keep up with our spirit that never ages. That never decays. That never dies. Man, when you realize this, it helps you to relax. Because you're going to be around. A long, long time. Helps you relax. You may not have, you know, another hundred years on this earth. Who wants it? (laughs) If you understand, you don't. If you understand, you want to get your job done and get out of here. For us believers, this is as bad as it gets. This life is as bad, as as rough and hard as it gets. It's all we've ever known. We were born into this. But this is dark. This is corrupt. This is cursed because of sin and the enemy's work. But we've got a job to do. We've got a part to play in God's advancing his kingdom and getting the same word, incorruptible word that has helped us. We want to get that to other people. That's the big job, the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Preach this gospel he just referred to, this incorruptible word. So we've been born again by a seed. What was this seed? The seed was the word that we heard. Anybody remember when you got born again? Do you remember when you got born again? What, how did it start? You heard something. Is that right? You heard somebody shared with you or you heard somebody preach or somebody teach in a service or on TV or or whatever or a friend told you something. Is that right? Words. And what you didn't realize 
is some of those words that you heard were not natural words. They weren't corruptible seeds. In some of those words you heard, there was incorruptible seed. Seed's amazing. Most amazing. I read uh, where that there have been cases where seeds were found that were thousands of years old. And when they put water on them, they started to germinate. And, and, and so they planted them and they became a plant that was better than the current ones. <laughs> that produced seed and they planted the seed and they produced plants. And their, their rate was 100%. Where some of the newer ones were much, much less. And that seed had all of that inside it. Just sitting there for years and decades and centuries and millennia. One of them was, they said, 30-something thousand years old, they thought. And all that's sitting there, nothing's happening. It's completely dormant until it got a hold of some water. And it got in some ground, and then stuff started happening. Hallelujah. It began to expand and develop and put roots down and then reach up for the surface. And a blade and an ear and a full corn in the ear. This is exactly how the Word of God works. You, you can have the incorruptible seed in the book laying on your coffee table. It can be there for thousands of years. <laughs> and nothing happened. <laughs> Until somebody. Takes it. And plants it. Hallelujah. Plants it. Go to 1 Corinthians please. 1 Corinthians the third chapter and the sixth verse. 1 Corinthians 3 and 6. He said, the Spirit of God through Paul says, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, is he talking about planting tomatoes or, or beans or Wheat or corn? What's he talking about? What did Paul plant? What did he plant? How did he plant seed in the Corinthians? He came there and he preached to them. And he taught them. But his words were not just the words of men. Corruptible seeds. In what he preached and taught to them was the anointed, incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Hallelujah. And those that received it, that seed was planted in them. It's one of the most amazing things. And Apollos, we know, was a teacher. So he came by behind Paul after Paul had preached the Word to them for the first time, and he taught them And here the scripture calls that teaching watering. Watering. There's water in the seed. There's varying water content. It can't be too much water or it'll go into action. But when you take, they took that seed that was thousands of years old. And they put some moisture on it. It activated it. And then they put it in the ground. Everything that was in that seed became active and started developing. And it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It developed roots. It developed shoots. That's why your body is sitting on a chair today. There was a point where your body 
was a seed in your mother's womb. Right? A seed. And that's everything in that seed begin to develop in the proper environment of your mother's womb. Getting the water, getting the nourishment, everything, the materials that the seed needed to become a baby. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's around us. We're used to it. But that doesn't change the fact. It is an astounding miracle. And it didn't just pop into existence by itself. If you can't see intelligence through all this design, then maybe you're not so intelligent. (laughs) Intelligence recognizes intelligence. He said, I planted. How did he plant? Planting is when you heard it for the first time. Paul was an apostle. The ministry of the apostle is foundational. The apostle ministers the word where it's never been heard before, lays foundation, starts churches, starts ministries, starts works. And it takes that anointing to accomplish that. That's not everybody's forte. (laughs) Going into a situation where nobody's helping you. Nobody believes what you're going to say. It takes some strength. It takes some grace to not only not be suppressed by them, but get a bunch of them to come over to you and join you with this incorruptible seed. But just because something's planted, that's not the end, that's the beginning. And it needs more of the same. Apollos came and he taught on what Paul had preached. They're not preaching two different gospels. They're not talking about two different Holy Spirits or two different plans of redemption. Apollos is teaching the same thing Paul preached in the beginning and what was happening to the seed that he had planted in them. It was being watered. And what was happening as it was being watered, it's growing. Can you see that? It's growing. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not of the intellect. Faith is of the heart. For with the heart man believes. Romans says. It's not knowledge. Just because you heard something. And you say well I heard that. I know that. That's not the end. That was the beginning. A seed was planted. Now we need to get a harvest out of that seed. By continuing to water it. Here's a seed. By his stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. Will just hearing that automatically heal you? No, it won't. Just knowing that, will just knowing that automatically heal you? No, it won't. Will just making notes and being able to write out the Hebrew and Greek definitions of it automatically heal you? No, it won't. What is that? It's an incorruptible Seed. Hallelujah. And you want to get that in you. You want to receive it. So that it's in the ground. Then what do you want to do? You want to water that seed. Just like a little baby plant in your house. That was worth you know a million dollars. And every day you come by. And it's got one little bud sticking out of the ground. And you talk to it. And go oh you're a pretty little plant. Here here's some more water. Okay not too much. All right. Here's some, you water that thing and you speak to it. And, and when things are right, what's going to happen? I mean, you may not see it at first, you won't see it at first, but there's activity under the ground where you can't see. There, there's activity. Something's happening in the realm you can't see first. Then, won't be long, you'll start seeing effects in the realm you can see. That comes afterward. But you keep watering it. You keep watering it. I know I'm repeating myself. But there's a reason for it. Faith is not knowledge. 
Knowledge is not faith. Knowing something, knowing about something isn't faith. Faith is not of the intellect. Faith is of the heart. These are spiritual things, not natural, not mental. And uh, that word can be working in you. And you're still scratching your head trying to figure out what it means. But it can be working in you and you don't yet understand what it means. You don't have to understand how a tomato grows to get a tomato. You do have to plant the seed. And you do have to water it. You don't have to know anything about the genetic code or the processes. You just got to get the seed in the ground and you must water it. Verse 7 So then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. He works through his word. He works through his seed. Every seed, tomato seed produces tomatoes. A bean seed produces beans. A healing seed produces healing. An abundance seed produces abundance. A peace seed produces peace. Come on, can you see this? Victory seed produces victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He that plants and he that waters, verse 8, are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are. Are God's husbandry. One translation says. You are God's field. You are God's field. To be planted. Is what he's talking about. Said out loud. I am God's field. field. Each one of us. Is God's garden. Our spirit. Our heart. Is the soil. That his seed grows in. Now the devil, being the devil, is always trying to plant seed in God's garden. He's got no right to, but he never cared about rights. He's an outlaw. And maybe we'll get into it at some point, but Jesus talked about how that the sower sowed the seed and the enemy came and sowed tares. Remember that? Well, a tare is a weed that looks like the wheat. But it's not the wheat. Darnell, one translation calls it. It's a weed that looks like the wheat. And the enemy tries to get seed in you. He's always trying to plant a seed of fear in you. A seed of depression. But he can't stop there. If he gets a seed in you, what does he need then? He needs it to be watered with bad water. (laughs) What waters a fear seed? More fear. Right? What, What waters a depression seed? More depression. To get it to grow. And it can grow into you until it controls your life. It dominates your thoughts night and day. And that dominates what you say and what you do. A lot of folks need some serious crop failure. Is that right? We, we need to cut off the water supply. Is that right? To that Darnell, to that, to that uh, weeds that's sucking the life out of you and cause that stuff to dry up and die. To die. Because it's in the way. Choking out the good seed. It's in the way. So we must not let the enemy sow the bad seed. I mean, he'll try to sow a seed of bitterness in you against people. He'll bring lies to you and feelings about them to you and try to get you just to, you know, write them off. And and he's trying to get hate in you. It's always a seed. You need to recognize when the enemy's trying to sow something into you and go, no, you don't. No, you don't. I rebuke you. Get out of here. I resist you. What did Jesus say? Get behind me. Don't let him sow it. 
But when the Lord's endeavoring to sow something into you, man, you receive it. Right? You receive it. You break up the, the hard ground and you let your heart be tender and let, let, it, let it have a good full reception down in you. And then we're going to water this thing first thing in the morning. Going to water at noontime. Make sure not, you know, just, just the right amount. We're going to make sure it's got what it needs because it will grow in you and develop in you. You know, those folks that, that had that child that had the, all the food allergies, they'd been hearing the word. So something was going on in them. But, and the Lord got them to the place where they were right to hear that, get that big seed. Can you see that? And I mean, some of God's seeds, they're supernatural. Some of them can produce overnight. Others take more time, not because God's word is limited, but because people sometimes are slow to water them and slow to respond to them. Either way, if you just keep it in you and keep it working... It will produce, every seed will produce after its own kind. Tomato will produce tomatoes. Bean will produce beans. Healing seed will produce healing. Abundant seed will produce abundance. I know when I worked at Brother Hagin's ministry in, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, I had been there for years with healing in the morning, healing in the afternoon, healing when the sun went down. I mean, we ate, slept, dreamed, and breathed. Healing. That was my job. And after years, I realized, man, I'm healthy. I, I don't remember the last time I, it, it, I had a sniffle or anything else. I'm so, and then I had a revelation. I need to feed on finances. Because <laughs> I was not doing so hard. I, I mean, it really came as a revelation. I'm feeding my faith continually on healing and I'm healed. Not just healed, healthy. Can you see this? And I thought, I need to feed my faith on abundance. Because I've been lacking in this area. I've been struggling. And it's been because of a lack of faith, not getting fed. I had some seed in me, but it was lying dormant, some of it. Because it wasn't being watered. Wasn't being nourished. The seed's dormant until it's watered. We're going to have some more watering going on. This next week, what do you think? Yes. Say it out loud, I am, I am God's garden. God's garden. I, am his I am his vineyard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, you're God's husbandry, one says. You're God's building. You, the Amplified says, you are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. I am his field that he plants seed in. The Bible said when he comes back, he's coming back for the fruit of the earth. This is really the truth. He planted seed on this planet. And he's coming back to harvest it. Hallelujah. The enemy planted seed too. But at the harvest, it's going to be separated. Am I quoting scripture? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we don't realize how amazing it is to be God's seed. I am his seed. Hallelujah. I'm born of his seed. And his seed works in me. The incorruptible seed of the word of God. I tell you, for time's sake, go to Isaiah. Wow. Yeah, time. 55, Isaiah 55, verse 6. We're laying a foundation. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You know, the New Testament says, Today's the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, he'll have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, a lot of people skip verse 7, and they just quote this, and they try to imply, well, all of our thoughts, God's children's thoughts, are not his thoughts. That's not true. If you've been feeding on his word, then you have his thoughts in you. 
Now I'm not saying that all your thoughts are his thoughts yet. But it wouldn't be true to say to a child of God. Those that walk with him and feed on his word. None of your thoughts are God's thoughts. That's not true. Bunch of the thoughts we have. We got from him. Verse 7 says. Let the wicked forsake his way. The unrighteous man his thoughts. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Not the unrighteous man's thoughts. Can you see that or not? You got to watch about skipping verses. He's talking about the unrighteous man's thoughts. None of the unrighteous man's thoughts are God's thoughts. Because God's thoughts are right. Not unright. And he goes on to say. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Well that's the ungodly unrighteous thoughts and ways. But if you've been walking with God for 20 years. Feeding on the word. You shouldn't just be ungodly. (laughs) And unrighteous. But at the same time that doesn't mean. That 100% of your thoughts are his thoughts. Still got some ways to go. But when we talk about the incorruptible seed of his word. What is that? What is a word? A word is a thought container. That's what a word is. A word means nothing unless it conveys a thought. If I speak a language to you that you don't understand, even though I'm describing it perfectly, if you don't understand a thought, those words meant nothing to you. There was no conveyance of thought. Words are containers. Containers of thoughts. Thoughts are spiritual. Many have thought that thoughts were insignificant. And as long as you didn't do it, it was okay if you thought about it. It's okay to think, just don't do. That's wrong. Completely wrong. Thoughts are spiritual substance. They are other dimensional reality. You can't touch a thought. You can't smell a thought. You can't hear a thought physically. You can't see a thought physically. It's from another dimension. Spirit dimension. And it can come from multiple sources. Thoughts can come from God. And they are life. Thoughts can come from the enemy. And they are death. And notice that the thoughts in the words work like a seed. Keep reading. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but does what? Waters. Waters. The earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall what? My word. That be that goes forth out of my mouth, it will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. When the Lord wants to do anything, this is how He does it He speaks a word. Hallelujah. And that word goes into the medium it is to change, and it begins to develop and affects. What he wants to happen. Hallelujah. We got a book. Full. Of the words. That contain the thoughts. Of God. It doesn't matter what language the book is in. It's the thought. That matters. Don't get hung up. On language construction. And and don't get over immersed. Into technical definitions. It's the thought. It's the thought. They said Brother Smith Wigglesworth. 
uh, you know, his wife Polly had to teach him how to write his name. He had no education to speak of. And, and he finally learned how to write a little bit with his wife's teaching him. And he wrote to a fellow minister. And when he saw that minister, the minister said to him, he said, Brother, Brother Wigglesworth, did you realize you spelt Holy Spirit about six or seven different ways? In the letter, he said, well, did you understand what I said? <laughs> he said, well, yeah. He said, that's all. That's all. <laughs> because after all, you know, really, we need to wake up a little bit, grow up a little bit. People are so sticky about some language variances and pronunciations and what have you. They change every few years. Have you seen this? And you're just showing your own foolishness by being such a stickler about something that's in motion, that's fluid. What's the big deal? Come on, help me out. The thoughts. The thoughts are the big deal. And bad thoughts, beautifully said, are evil. God's thoughts, poorly said, are life-changing. Is that right? That's better to say them beautifully too, but people accept all kind of evil stuff because it's labeled art. It's a picture of evil, evil thoughts, but because it was so masterfully, the paint strokes put on, it's beautiful. No, it ain't beautiful. It's evil, beautifully done. Still evil. Whether it's sculpture, whether it's music, whether it's movies, whether it's literature, I don't care how well and beautifully it's pinned or molded or painted, what's the thought? And if it's an evil thought, it's from the evil one. And he's trying to sow see. He wants people to stand in front of that thing. And be mesmerized. Until depression gets in them. Suicide tendency. Come on can you listen? There's stuff. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. I'm not done. One more verse. (laughs) Oh praise God. I had a thought. (laughs) I had a thought. Go to Acts 19, please. We'll close with this, I think. Somebody say thoughts. Do thoughts matter? Notice sometime reading the gospel accounts, how many times it said Jesus knew their thoughts. He perceived their thoughts. If thoughts don't matter, why would it say that? Jesus is not dealing with things that don't matter. Oh, they're just thinking it. He wouldn't even have brought it up. He wouldn't have said anything. But repeatedly it said he knew their thoughts. He perceived their thoughts. knowing that I'm not talking about two or three times. More than that. He perceived and knew and recognized and understood their thoughts. And he addressed it. Just like they had said it. Or were doing it. Why? Because that's how things come into being. It's a seed. Thoughts are seeds. They're good or they're bad. And if you receive them and water them, they'll grow in you. And they'll change you into that. And it'll work out of actions along that line. He said, the Lord had said, you're there in in Acts. But I'll finish reading this. He said, my word that goes out of my mouth, it won't return to me void. It'll accomplish what I please. It'll prosper what I send it to. My thoughts... In my words are like seeds that go into the ground. And when they're watered, they will accomplish, God said, what I please. They will prosper in the thing I send it to. In Acts 19, I want you to notice what happened when people got saved. Acts 19, 19. In the beginning days of the church, back up to verse 18. Many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and did what? Burned them before all men and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. It was a huge amount of money. So these books were literature. 
of the generation, they were literature and art that was very expensive. And they did what with it? They burned it. Why? Because they got saved. Because they got saved and began to recognize the evil thoughts in these books and in these writings and in these diagrams and pictures and sketches and whatever. And they had them a big bonfire. Oh, you're not going to do that? That's a, that's a piece of art. It should be in a museum. No, it should be burned. It was evil when the guy made it. It's still evil generations later. Friends, don't have just anything and everything hanging on your walls. Just anything and everything on your bookshelf. Don't read just anything and everything. Imagining that you're such an intellect. Oh, I can handle it. I can. No, you can't. No human being is immune from seed. Oh, you might need to just go out and go off the rails next week. But if the seed got in you over a period of time, you can transform into something you never imagined you would. Because it can keep growing in you. We need to guard our heart. Is that right? Because out of it come the springs and the issues of life. We need to guard what goes into our eyes and into our ears, watching for those evil thoughts, bad thoughts. And we need to completely embrace God's good thoughts that are in his words. He said, I know the thoughts I've thought about you and the plans, good thoughts to give you an expected end. When you hear God's good thoughts for your life, they light you up. And you need to grab a hold of that seed and say, yes, I received that seed into my life. And you need to water that. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. I need to give this illustration. I I can't get past it here. You know, when we got our house here, the yard was just full of weeds. I mean, it didn't hardly have any grass in it at all. And the Lord keeps reminding me that's the way our lives are when we get saved. We are just slap full of weeds. We are a weed bed. That's what we are. And that's what he's been talking about all morning long. But now, the guys that help us, Dan and Jason and Jeremy, they've been working on that yard, and they put some seed in it, and they've been watering that seed, and that seed has been overtaking that weed. Yep. Do you understand that? That good seed has been overtaking the bad seed. And it's been glowing and it's been flourishing and it's been getting greener. And the bad stuff has been dying. And that's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. If you will continue to plant the good seed in, all the bad things in your life, well, gradually, now they're not going to just happen overnight. You know, our, our yard didn't just instantly overnight get perfect. But it began to get better and better and better. And that's exactly what he's talking about, the seed of the word going into our lives. Yeah. You know, when we get saved, our lives can start to change. And we start planting this word in our lives and we start turning a different direction. And that grass started turning a different direction. And it started looking better. And you start looking better on the outside. Yeah, yeah you do. You ever seen anybody, you go to a family reunion or a, or a church reunion or a class reunion that is not saved and they're the same age as you? That seed is not working in them. And it's the same thing as this. If you've got this seed working in you, it's changing you daily. Mm -hmm. You're looking different. You're getting better. Thank you, Lord. You're growing. 
And you're changing. Yep. And maybe you acted this way yesterday, but if you keep watering that and you keep getting that seed to change your life, it's going to overtake the bad stuff yes, going is. on in your yes, life and push it out of yes, your life. Yes, it is. That's what the seed of the Word will do Hallelujah. in your life. Yes, it will. It'll overtake the bad, and the good will be there. And, the, and you, can, you can get to a point to where there's no bad, but maybe one little weed, you can walk out there and pull that one weed up. You ever seen it in your yard? Or you can be the weed bed. You have to decide how much seed you put in. How much bad you want in your life, you leave that much Word out and leave that much weed in. But we're going to put the word in, right? And we're going to Thank flourish. And if a weed comes up, all we got to go is go poof, yep, pull, pull that thing out. Because there's so much grass, you can recognize that one little twig that's poking up yep. out of the ground. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Not a weed bed, but God's seed bed. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.